Over the last few years, a neighborhood friend of mine and I organized flag football on Saturday mornings, and it was a, it was a really friendly game. We made lots of friends, invited lots of uh, kids, young and old, to be a part of it. And my sons really enjoyed being part of it, and boy, I absolutely love playing sports with my sons. And one might say, I, it's hard to stop me, right? This Thanksgiving, my 22-year-old son wanted a more aggressive game. And of course, I'm no slouch, I'm all in. Haven't thrown a football in a while, but I'll quarterback, this will be great. So he recruited a group of men, young and old, who wanted to play hard. Um, you know, hard like tear the shirt off another guy and stand over him and be like, oh, what's new? What, is, what now, you know? It's like, wow, okay. So I'm twice his age, so why couldn't I play twice as hard? <laughs> so during the two and a half hours of very unusual activity for my body, I noticed a few things breaking down, but you know, with all that energy on the field, I'm certainly not giving up. I even had a few moments of fantasy where, get this, you know, in my mind, I had received the ball and I dove across the goal line to get the touchdown, right? I did that in my head a, a few different times. <laughs> but about an hour later, as I leaned upon the kitchen counter for support, trying not to grimace with the pain. My dear mother mentioned that, uh, you know, I, I could you could just watch your kids play. Supported them that way, but think about that with me. Is that really an option? <laughs> so I'll leave that to you to decide uh, if that seems reasonable at all. All said, I was all in for my boys that day. And I, as they say, left it all on the field. Um, I'll be ready to play though again in a, in a few months. Um, just I've started with just walking. I think that's going to be one of my uh, neat uh, recovery goals here. But I want you to think about this. What are you all in for? I know there's something which you just like, I push all the chips in. I am all in. There's got to be some things. So what risks are you willing to take? And to what end? You know, for what purpose? What if you were asked to be all in uh, and put your reputation and your body at risk for the sake of your family. Would you do that? Let's start expanding. What about for your neighborhood or, or your town? Would you be all in if it meant that your county or state would be rescued? Uh, what, what about country or, or continent? You know, I'm thinking of those that we uh, celebrated on Veterans Day, you know, all in for my country, my for North America, for, you know. Would you be more or less inclined to be all in if you knew the world would be rescued? Maybe it's just family for you. I want you to think about that. This Christmas, we're looking at a young woman who gave a full body, full soul commitment to be part of God's rescue plan for all of humanity. We're going to look at Mary today. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, 26. Uh, we'll be reading through 38 today. and I'm going to read through it and, and explain a few things and highlight a few things and then hopefully challenge you as I've been challenged by this passage in Mary's response. Would you listen with me? In the sixth month, okay, so we've already got a little story going on here, but in the sixth month, the, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, from the city perspective, this place was nowhere in the middle of nowhere. 
Okay, Galilee uh, of Nazareth. Wow. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. David. Well, Joseph's ancestor was that amazing King David to whom God made all sorts of promises that his sons would rule forever. There, there will always be a son on the throne, but, but there hasn't really been. So how does that work? So the virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was, as we know, Mary. And Gabriel came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Right, this is her first angelic appearance. <laughs> That's to be expected, right? How amazing would that be? How, how startled would you be? What kind of greeting this might be? I think she's put back on her heels a bit, isn't she? Now, Gabriel is an angel, we, we learn, uh, but that means messenger. It's a role. He's a spiritual being who lives in the presence of God and brings messages. And for Gabriel, there's a, a precedent, actually. <laughs> for this particular angel, there's a, there's a bit of a story here. I mentioned that we're in the middle of a story here in Luke 1.26, but we've heard of, of Gabriel before. And I just want you to think for a second, how cool is it that he's not an unnamed angel? Like Gabriel, there's a bit of a story here. He's been working at, at, up to this point, bringing messages to prepare the way for this moment. He's put Zechariah in his place in the, in the previous passage when he was balking at the promise of, of being a father for, for the first time at his at his old age. He's going to be the father to a very special human who would prepare Israel for the coming of the king. That's where the six months comes in. He had done that six months ago, and now he's back. So let's read in Luke 1, 18 through 19. Zechariah is pushing back on this promise. He says, how shall I know this, this promise that I'm going to be a father? For I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Now, that's, that's quite a statement. I stand in the presence of God. What more do you want from me? Can you imagine? That's, that's getting put in your place. He stands in the presence of God. Now, the only other time we see Gabriel named in, in our scriptures is in the Hebrew scriptures in the book of Daniel, chapter 8. Gabriel is given a vision he passes on to, to Daniel of how the end of the age of, of temple priest and sacrifice, you know, the Jewish system of, of sacrifice with priests and all, how that will come to an end and how that will happen after the return of the Jewish people to Israel. And that was so hard to imagine for Daniel. That's like ripping the rug out from underneath him. And in Daniel 8, 27, says, and I, Daniel, was overcome and lay sick for some days. And then I rose and went about the king's business, but I was appalled by the vision and did not understand it. And, and then the next chapter, Daniel 9, Gabriel comes back to interpret the vision about what will be happening 
in the time when the temple will be destroyed. You know, just looking at his messages that he's intended to, uh, to relay to the humans that, that God has called, uh, it seems Gabriel's been asked with this thread of a message about a radical shift in Israelite understanding of how God's kingdom works in the world. This end of temple, priest, sacrifice is something that Jesus predicted as well. And it actually happened in the war between Rome and Jerusalem in AD 70. It seems Gabriel's coming back to carry out the last bit of the same mission as before. Okay, let me start with the passage again and, and we'll go from there. So in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Most High, just let me interrupt, is a designation for the God of all gods, the creator of, of all, the God Most High. He goes on, And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob, that's Israel, forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Okay, so every, every Jew would be anticipating the blessing of simply being alive when God established his reign, his kingdom, through his appointed king on earth again. When God comes to rule and reign from Jerusalem, I want to be alive in that day. And now Mary, a young virgin, is hearing that she is at the center of this plan. And where's the center of this plan? In Nazareth of Galilee, the nowhere of nowheres. Wow. Now, revolutionaries have been trying to take back ground from the Persians and then the Greeks and the Syrians and the Romans for hundreds of years. They had actually attempted to place a king on the throne and rule for God from David's throne. Come, King David, and establish the glory establish the name of Yahweh, the creator of the earth and the God of our people, Israel. Come and, you know, be on that throne. Come and be on that throne. So imagine with Mary what your response would be. I'm going to what? How? What? So are you thinking about your response? How, how would you respond? Have you imagined what you would do how would you answer Gabriel after this overload of hope and fulfillment of expectations for her entire people, Israel? Well, Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? You know how that works, right? What a great question. What a totally fair response. You want the kingdom to arrive in me? And through me, 
how is that going to work? Think about the implications for you right now. You want the kingdom to arrive in me and through me? How is that going to work? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative, Elizabeth, in her old age, that's Zachariah's wife, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Wow. Jesus arrived when the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. Yes. And Jesus uses the same phrase as Luke records it in Acts when he was leaving. Angels were there at his conception and at his birth and at his ascending to be with the Father after his burial and resurrection. And the disciples were pretty sure they had missed something because they hadn't seen all the promises about kings and, and kingdoms come to pass yet. And as we learned in our study in Acts, what, what, what did they say? Acts 1, 6 through 11. So when, when they had come together, they asked Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdoms to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Just like he said to Mary. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he would said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes, these are angels, and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Remember, Gabriel told Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. You know, and if that was enough for today, just to realize the power of God, to come and, and overshadow this young virgin and to, to bring new life and the king will be born of her, that, that would be enough. But it seems as impossible for that to happen as it does sometimes for the, the kingdom of God to come in and through our lives as well, right? We couldn't use me. How could this be? I don't have the tools. I'm not equipped. These th I don't have the experiences. I'm not that person. Are you pretty sure it's impossible to participate intimately with God? Is that, is that what you think? Is it impossible to do kingdom work in your life? To really be part of his plans to rescue the world? Is that, is that what you think? Because Jesus is even now on the throne, ruling and reigning, sending his messengers 
the the angels, right, the messengers, but also the evangels, the good news people, the the evangelists, the those who bring the good news, inviting you to become a part of his kingdom, to become part of his work. Wow. To join the Father's business? To see the king exalted on the throne and ruling in justice and mercy and kindness and authority. God will empower you and will fill you and overshadow you and give you meaning and purpose in his kingdom work in the name of Jesus, the king. And the king is coming back to receive you, what, as a, as a child of the Most High into his presence. You know, Jesus was called the Son of the Most High. He'll be called the Son of God. And, and I want you to listen in. Think about this. What kind of hope can you have right now? Here at Christmas in 2022, what kind of hope can you have for the Spirit of God to overshadow you and participate with his work? Well, in the letter... 1 John 3, 1 through 3, says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that's you and me, followers of Jesus, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Now, the reason the world doesn't know us is that it didn't know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. What? This is scandalous talk. You're saying that by allegiance to Jesus the king on the throne, who now sits in heaven, who has established his kingdom and is ruling and reigning, by allegiance to Jesus, I can become a child of God, intimately involved with the creator of the world, and that he can remake, yes, I am saying all this, <laughs> that he can remake me and he can change me and he can empower me and he can infill me and I, I can now participate in the king's work here and now here on earth, like, like Mary did. Wow. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. What will that look like in, in the age to come when we have a transformed creation? Well, we don't know that yet, but we know we'll be like him. What a destiny. So that's the kind of hope we can have, even right here, right now, in the dark winter, with the light of the world shining. So what kind of response should you have now? Well, it's simple, isn't it? What kind of response should you have now? Well, Mary was all in. Body and soul. Okay, I'm all in. Now, next week, we're going to start to look a little deeper at the mystery of what Jesus' kingdom would accomplish. So if this is the king, how is that going to work in the world of kings and kingdoms, right? We're going to look at that. And, and Mary has the, the, the revelation about what that's going to look like. And we're going to start to explore the invitation extended to those who respond like Mary. So what kind of response do you have right now? Listen to Mary's response and then maybe use those same words in conversation with Jesus, the King of all. 
Behold, look, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. I've asked you, what are you all in about? <laughs> what are those areas of your life where you're willing to risk it? Well, let's look at Mary as an example. And let's say to the king on the throne, we are the servants of the Lord. Let it be to us according to your word. We're all in.